0: If you have your Bibles, would you please turn with me to Luke chapter 2. We're in this series called The Stars of Christmas. And last week we opened looking at Mary and Joseph. And this week we're looking at the shepherds and the angels. And I want to open with a devotional that was given to me one time, authored by Mary Sutherland. She's a famous author and speaker. And she shares this story of a gal named Diane. And Diane was visiting in the home of some friends. And time passed quickly as each of them shared their various experiences of the past year. And she ended up staying longer than she had planned. And she had to walk home alone. But she wasn't afraid because it was a small town and she lived only a few blocks away. And as she walked along under the tall elm trees, Diane whispered a prayer asking God to keep her safe from harm and danger. And when she reached the alley, which was a shortcut to her house, she decided to take it. However, halfway down the alley, she noticed a man that was standing at the end as though he were waiting for her. Well, she became very uneasy and began to pray again asking for God's protection And instantly, a comforting sense of quietness and security wrapped around her. She felt as though someone was walking with her. When Diane reached the end of the alley, she walked right past the man, and she arrived home safely. Well, the following day, Diane read in the paper that a young girl had been raped in that same alley just 20 minutes after she had been there. Overwhelmed by this tragedy and the fact that it could have been her, she began to weep. Thanking the Lord for her safety and wanting to help the young woman who had been attacked, she decided to go to the police station. And she told them her story and offered to help identify the assailant. The police asked if she would be willing to view a lineup and she agreed and immediately pointed out the man that she had seen in the alley the night before. When the man was told that he had been identified, he immediately broke down and confessed. The officer thanked Diane for her bravery and asked if they could do anything for her. Well, Diane was curious as to why the assailant had not attacked her. When the policeman asked him, his answer stunned them all. He said, because she wasn't alone. She had two tall men walking on either side of her. (laughs) Sutherland asked the question, do you believe in angels? She says that she believes in angels and that they're very real and they are at work in our everyday and ordinary lives. She said she's personally sensed the presence of angels in her own life and she's talked with many believers who share the same experience and belief as she does the most powerful evidence that angels exist can be found in the scriptures not just in personal testimony we're going to pick up this devotional again a little bit later you know contrary to popular christmas belief every time a bell rings an angel does not get its wings okay but the scriptures have some things to share About angels, and we're going to walk through them here. Let's take a moment to understand angels from a biblical perspective. And the first thing I want to mention is that angels are an entirely different order of beings than humans. And angels will never become, and they never were, human beings. And you can flip that human beings will never become angels. Can you just repeat that? Human beings will never become angels. Contrary to what people might say at the passing of a loved one, humans do not become angels after they die. Let's just squelch that right now. That is not truth from the Bible. That's just things we say that make us feel good. So here's some things that the website Got Questions has to say as far as things that angels... Do and are doing. They worship and they praise God. They serve God. They serve and they minister to the people that God saves. They deliver messages and they aid in prayer. They execute judgment. They help advance the kingdom of God through the power of His word and salvation. They observe Christian order, work, and also suffering. And they encourage people in times of danger, they care for the righteous at the time of their death, and they wage spiritual battle. And so as we look at our passage today, we're going to see an angel that we saw a little bit last week, and the angel is known as Gabriel. He's an archangel, he's one of the chief angels. And he's known as an angel that would stand in God's presence and he would deliver special messages to people on earth. And we see one of the first appearances in the book of Daniel. And one of the interesting things about Daniel chapter 9 is Gabriel shows up to Daniel and tells him a prophetic thing that's going to take place in the future and oftentimes brought into the study of end times. But one of the things he points out is that there's going to be a Messiah, an anointed one, that will come to this earth. Who's he speaking about? Jesus. And then he says that anointed one will also be killed. Who's he speaking about? Jesus. We'll fast forward to Zechariah in the temple. And he's serving the Lord, and Gabriel appears to him to let him know that he and his wife, Elizabeth, even though they were elderly, they were going to have a child. And They were going to name this child John, and he's going to prepare the way for this King Jesus that will be coming. Well, then one of his next visits that Gabriel makes is to Mary, and we walked through that last week. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth and he pays this visit to Mary and tells her what's going to take place in her life despite the fact that she was a virgin. And then we also see an angel show up to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1 and we don't know if this is Gabriel or not because the scriptures don't say that. But we do know an angel shows up to Joseph and prophetically speaks to Him of what's going to take place. And that indeed, Mary truly is pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. She will have a son, and you're to name Him Jesus, for He will save His people from their sins. We see these angelic appearances kind of open up the Christmas story, and we see the appearance happen again to some shepherds who are out in their field watching their flock. And that's where we'll pick up here in Luke chapter 2. And we're going to begin in verse 8. But I'm going to take a moment just in prayer asking the Lord to bless this time that we're spending in the inspired Word of God. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for this time, this sacred time that we're spending in your Word. And Lord, I pray that you would guide us and lead us, that your Spirit would speak into our hearts and lives the things that you want to minister to, the things you want to say, I pray they'd be loud and clear and we would be people responding to these things today. Lord, please guide and lead my words, my heart as I deliver this message. May this be glorifying to you and edifying the listener father we lift up our children's ministry and we ask a blessing to be upon them as well today as they get into the word may they grow in their faith in Jesus Christ we thank you now and it's in his name we pray amen so Luke chapter 2 here starting in verse 8 the Bible says that that night there were shepherds staying in fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David." And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Well, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased or on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried to the village, and they found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherds' story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart, or she pondered them in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Can you imagine the scene there in that field that night, shepherds going about their routine and then getting blasted by a vast host of angels. Hello, that'd wake you up a little bit. Boy, if you were snoozing on the job, I bet you were awake at that point. Powerful. I want to focus in on something that these angels are declaring, and it's specifically the fact that the angel says that there's a sign. There's a sign that will be given to them. This sign is that this babe will be wrapped in cloths and will be lying in a manger. To be wrapped in cloth was something they would do to keep the child warm, to keep it secure, to protect itself from scratching its face. Parents these days put these funky gloves on their kids so they don't scratch themselves. Anybody know what I'm talking about? This was kind of their way of of doing that. It's even believed that wrapping them in the cloths would actually protect the child's organs. So this is something that they would do. What's interesting, I was given an article several years ago from the evangelist that highlighted this particular passage and emphasized this whole statement as there will be a sign. So what's up with the wrapped cloths and lying in a manger? Was it just something we did with children? And yes, that could be certainly a part of that. But the question that was brought forward in this article was, was this sign just simply to help them locate the child? Or was there actually something bigger going on? The article suggested an excellent theory on the reason as to why the angel said that this would be a sign. A sign points to something. It says something. And many theologians point out that sheep used for temple sacrifices were actually coming out of Bethlehem. And so there's some speculation here, but the thought is what if these shepherds were shepherds that actually watched over the sheep used for temple sacrifices? This goes all the way back to Exodus 29 verses 38 through 46 where God gives instructions to Israel's priests. They were to sacrifice two lambs every day, morning and evening, and these lambs had to be one-year-old males without blemish. And shepherds were assigned to watch over these pregnant sheep that would give birth to these lambs that were required for priestly duties. And this watch would take place in a tower called Migdol Eater, which is thought to have been located on the northern side of Bethlehem. Can you see the sign? Many believe that Micah was able to see this sign when he prophesied. In Micah 4, verse 8, he says, And you, O tower of the flock, that being Migdol Eater, The stronghold of the daughter of Zion, to you shall it come. Even the former dominion shall come, the kingdom of the daughter of Jerusalem. When the pregnant sheep were just about to give birth, the shepherds would bring them into this tower. And to keep the newborn lambs from getting blemished, the shepherds would immediately wrap them in cloths and place them in a manger." So, I want you to see a picture here for a moment of what the manger actually probably looked like. These were stone mangers. Oftentimes, these stone mangers, if you go to the next photo there, you'll see one of the manger where you'd place a little lamb, and that would bring protection to the lamb. They were carved out of stone. And, you know, some people think that when Mary and Joseph we in the stable. It was actually a cave. And inside that cave, there would have been a stone manger where they would have maybe placed animals, but also where they would feed animals. And so, the theory through all of this is that the sign that the angel was speaking about is that the perfect Lamb of God has arrived. Jesus Christ the Messiah. And in the words of his cousin John the Baptist, John said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now last week I pointed out this two verses from First Peter one, verses eighteen through nineteen and mentioning that Jesus was to be the perfect sacrifice, I want to point out another part that comes in verse 19 in regards to this precious blood of Christ referred to as a lamb without blemish. A lamb without blemish. Jesus, the Lamb of God. Is this good news Maybe. <laughs> yeah, this is great news because this was going to be the sacrifice that would take care of the issue of sin, the curse of sin. The angel called it good news. In our memory verses for this week, Luke 2, verses 10 through 11, will be on the screen here for you. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news. That will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This is good news that will bring great joy. And this good news had come to these lowly shepherds, and they were blown away, and you better believe they were telling people about it. You don't just have that night watch take place, and then you just zip it. They had some things to share, but there was an interesting dynamic going on. Shepherds were considered unclean people. A big reason for that was because of their business transactions with people who were not Jewish, or they were considered Gentiles. And subsequently, they were not really allowed to worship in the temple And they couldn't even testify in court because people viewed them as unreliable witnesses. I want to pause here for a question for all of us to consider. But if you had something very important to pass along to people, would you go find those who are considered unreliable? I mean, think about that. I'm going to go find people that don't have much credit, if you will, and give them the story, and then they can blast it out to the people around them. You know, some might actually see this as all the more reason to believe that this Christmas account is indeed true. If you were going to fabricate a story about the birth of a Savior, would you say it came to a virgin Would you pass it along to these unreliable shepherds to make your story more reliable and believable? Or maybe it just actually happened. One of the biggest things to point out with God using these shepherds is there's a grace and a favor that come to those that might be considered the most lowly of people. We talk about Jesus' humble beginnings. Not some king born in a big old palace with this announcement of a trumpet across all the people who are awaiting. Is it a boy? Is it a girl? We're going to celebrate. It's off in some lowly town, insignificant town of Bethlehem, in some back stable or cave, placing this child in a manger. And these insignificant people like shepherds are telling everybody. 1 Corinthians 1.27 says that God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think that they're wise. And He chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God uses insignificant people. Can I get an amen on that one? Thank God He uses insignificant people. I think it's also interesting to point out that, I mean, if they weren't able to even go into the temple, let's just back up for a second and consider the shepherds that were serving the temple priests. And day in and day out, they're producing these lambs that the priests need to use, but yet they could not go in to the temple. But yet day in and day out they continue to serve, they continue to do their job. Kudos to these shepherds for sticking things out and not just being like, well I'm done with that. If you're going to treat me that way. Despite the disrespect they continued to serve and eventually led some shepherds to an evening that some would say, is miraculous. I also think there's a grace in the fact that, yes, these were insignificant shepherds, and they were going out and they were telling all these people. And if you notice specifically in verse 18, it says, all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. That right there is the grace of God. That verse could have said, and all who heard the shepherd's story started laughing and said, I can't believe that. They're shepherds. But the grace that was at work, even though they were insignificant, they were faithful to share what had taken place, and God was the one in the midst of the response causing these people to be astonished. Let that be an encouragement to us. Let's be faithful to share the good news and then leave the results up to God. People might think you're insignificant. Well, you're in good company. Because the one we want to make much of is Jesus, not you, not me. We want to make much of the King. And so we faithfully share the good news. Let's shift back to the angels now. In Luke 2, verse 14, a vast host of angels appeared to these shepherds, and they're testifying to the gospel of peace. They say, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom His favor rests. Peace. A peace on those who have the grace of God at work in their lives. A peace. You know, at this time, there was an empire known as Rome and was beginning to kind of pick up more and more territories where they would be ruling people. And under that rule, they might consider this what's called Pax Romana, Roman peace. But the people living under that, and we know this from the Scriptures, they were actually experiencing oppression and turmoil. This was not peace. And here these angels are saying, and peace to those in which God's favor rests Upon them. So that tells me that even in the midst of the turmoil of life, the turmoil of our circumstances, and even the greatest turmoil that's going on in our hearts and lives, the things that are truly weighing on us, Christ came to bring peace into people's lives. He came to bring peace in our hearts. There are many people today who walk around lacking the true peace that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ if they would just turn to Him and put their faith and trust in the Prince of Peace. One of the other benefits for those who fear God is a piece of His protection. I want to go back to that opening devotional from Mary Sutherland. And she says, from beginning to end, the Bible validates the existence of angels and when we come to Jesus Christ in a personal relationship he takes full responsibility for us that means he takes care of us and one of the ways God cares for us is through the ministry of his angels what an amazing and comfort-filled promise that God sends his angels to encourage to protect and guide us on our life journey And as God's messengers and our helpers, angels serve and honor Him through their praise and obedience as they carry out the will of God here on earth. And as believers, we can count on the presence and power of angels every step of the way in our faith journey. So these angels are showing up. They're making announcements But as you continue to read through the Christmas story, you see angels showing up to bring some protection. In Matthew 2 verse 13, when the wise men had left the scene, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and told him to get up and get to Egypt and stay there until Herod would be done for because he was going to search to kill this child Jesus. You see protection being provided here by the angels. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream again and said, get up, now it's time to go. Get out of Egypt. The harm is no longer in place. Herod has died. Hebrews one fourteen says that all the angels... Are spirits who serve God and are sent to help those who will receive salvation. The Bible also says in Psalm 91:11, that God will command his, his angels concerning you to guard you wherever you go. What a benefit of being in the family of God. What a benefit! There's angels listed throughout the Bible. God has used His angels for many things throughout history. I want to walk through that here with you. Angels were created in the beginning. In Colossians 1, verse 16, it says that by Jesus all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for him which just blows my mind because when Jesus came to this earth to become a child these angels are showing up and they're proclaiming news about their creator this little infant created us and we're proclaiming his glory to you the bible speaks of the amount of created angels being massive Hebrews 12, there's innumerable angels. Psalm 68, verse 17, it says, "...twice ten thousand and thousands upon thousands, a vast host." We don't know how many showed up that night on that hillside, but I'm guessing it was a lot. We know the Bible tells us that Lucifer, that is Satan, at one point was an angel. And he rebelled in heaven, and he and a third of the angels fell from their holy position. So we know there's also fallen angels, which means that there's a spiritual warfare that's taking place back then and today and will be in the future. So we have God's elect angels waging war on our behalf. But we have the power of Jesus Christ on our side who brings spiritual victory. Ephesians 6.12 says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's not a battle between me and you. It's actually against the rulers, authorities, cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places, that being in the expanse, in the skies. Whether you know this or not, this is biblical truth. There is a war that is waging in the spiritual realm. At the fall of man, an angel was put in charge of guarding the way to the tree of life. Here at the Christmas appearances, they were ushering in the arrival of Jesus Christ, the one who'd bring us back to life. We see angels attending to Jesus and ministering to Him after He was in the wilderness and tempted by Satan. And during Jesus' ministry he talks about this poor man dying and being carried to paradise or Abraham's side by angels. It's possible then that angels attended to Jesus at his death. We do know that angels showed up for his resurrection. In John 20, verse 12, it says, Mary Magdalene saw two angels right there in the tomb sitting where the body of Jesus was or had been. One at the head and one at the feet. And angels showed up when Jesus ascended into heaven. Jesus gives the great commission to his disciples and then he begins to go up into heaven. And all the disciples are like, uh... Just looking up, and a couple angels show up. Stood beside these disciples who were probably looking up into the air. He says, Why do you stand here looking up into the sky? Well, I don't know, because everything we put our faith and hope in has now disappeared. What are we supposed to do? The angel said, the same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you've seen him go into heaven. Now They were standing on the Mount of Olives and there is a prophetic component to that statement because Jesus will be returning and he will step foot right back on the Mount of Olives when he comes back to this earth. And Jesus says in Matthew 25, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. And then again in Matthew 13, so it will be at the close of the age, the angels will come out and they'll separate the evil from the righteous. I think this is interesting. These angels are gathering people to come and to look at this newborn king. Gather around. Something huge in history has happened. There's a day coming in the future where angels will again gather people to King Jesus. Matthew 24, 31 It says that Jesus will send His angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather His elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. You see angels in Revelation carrying out a variety of things in the midst of God's final plans. Major things would come through this child Jesus Christ. And the angels were serving this child. And they had been serving this child for a very long time. This was not a new thing. And they will continue to serve. I just think this is powerful. You think about the service unto Mary and Joseph and that King Herod was out for Jesus' head. And the angel comes and warns them. They go to Egypt. And then when King Herod dies, now they're free to go. And the serving that the angel was doing to that family. And the provision, not only for their life, but I want you to think about this. The angel's protection over that family serves as a protection to you and me. What if Herod would have killed Jesus? I mean, we can probably go in a whole lot of different ways with that. But what the scriptures say is an angel was responsible to direct them in a different path. And Jesus was not killed. Now, we've covered a lot of things today, and I want to lead us now into a response. My question to you would simply be what is the Holy Spirit? saying to you? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? I want you to just picture that day when Jesus comes back in all His glory and all the angels with Him. What a day that's going to be. And then the gathering of the elect, those who are in Christ, but He's also saying to us that the angels will be a part of gathering those who are unrighteous, and sending them off to their eternal punishment carrying out the will of God and at the end of time those who had Christ in their life who had faith in God will get to spend eternity in heaven worshiping God with all this host of innumerable angels and living in the kingdom of God. I don't know if I'll get to do this, but at some point in the new kingdom, I think it'd be fun to sit down with Gabriel if he's not too busy. (laughs) Just have a conversation. Will we be as scared of angels as people were when they would show up to them on earth? Every time they show up, it seems like they're saying, do not be afraid. But in the kingdom that is coming, will we just be walking down these streets of gold and we just walk right by an angel? The Bible says there's times where we're entertaining angels unaware. Perhaps maybe you have some testimony of maybe where you experienced that in your life. But I think in the kingdom, oh, you'll know. <laughs> But are we ready for heaven? Are you ready for that moment when God sends out His angel armies to gather those here on this earth? For those who have Jesus Christ in their life as their Lord and Savior, you will be gathered to be a part of the kingdom of God. If you do not have Jesus Christ in your life, you will be gathered for eternal separation from a God who loves you and has provided a way for for you to be a part of His kingdom, but sadly you've rejected that. And so the consequence for your sin not being covered by the Lamb of God is eternal separation in a place called hell. This child came to save you from your sin. So when that day comes, it'll be a glorious day couple more things here. If you feel insignificant, I just want to encourage you that God uses insignificant things in a huge way. God wants to use you to advance the good news. This gospel of peace. I also want to extend to you that if you're going through some things right now that you feel are maybe a little bit of a turmoil and circumstances are heavy, Go to the only one who can bring true peace in your life. Look to the peace of God that comes through Jesus. And we recognize God's angel army at work in our lives. Even when we may not be able to see it, we always know God is up to something. And that takes faith, doesn't it? We might ask ourselves, God, what are you doing? Or, God, where are you? But in the midst of those things... We can trust that based on what the Scriptures say, God is with me. And part of His presence comes through His mighty angel army that is commanded to watch over my life. Psalm 91.11 does not say that He will command His angels concerning you to guard you in some of life's matters. It says to guard you in all of your ways. So we take God at His word. He's up to something. And I just want to say this too, because we're going to pray in a moment for people and to have an opportunity to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. I want you to know that there's a celebration that happens in heaven when someone comes to faith in Jesus, and Jesus himself said that there is joy. Before the angels of God, over one person that comes to faith and repentance. And so I I just like to think this, but in the spiritual realm, are there angels that are like, it's about to happen? Pastor Russ is going to give the good news. And there are some people that are going to respond to it. And when that happens, let's go crazy. Because the scriptures are saying that's what we do. These are shepherds. These are angels. You're insignificant people. Kind of mixed in with these heavenly hosts. That's a big deal at the time of Christmas. And it's a big deal this very day. Would you pray with me as we close? Father, I thank you for this time together in your word. Lord, I'm thankful how you speak into our hearts and lives. Lord, bringing encouragement, bringing peace, reminding people of your presence and protection. No matter what we walk through, you are there with us. And you've commanded your angels to be with us as well. Lord, help us to be people, even though at times we might feel insignificant, to be faithful in our service in the kingdom and be faithful to share the good news. And Lord, if there's someone listening right now that would desire to put their faith and trust in Jesus... For the forgiveness of their sin and for eternal life, then I encourage you to pray with me to receive Jesus right now. Simply pray with me in your heart and say, Lord Jesus, I come to you, a sinner in need of a Savior. I'm asking today that you would forgive me of my sin. And I repent. Help me to change and to walk in a new direction that is filled with your grace. Help me to be obedient to the things you want to do in my life. Thank you for this gift of salvation that comes by grace through faith in Jesus, the Son of God. Help me walk out this faith journey, I receive you today. In Jesus' name, amen.